You may be seated. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this morning, for this opportunity to gather here and to worship you. Lord, as we begin and have begun this new year, may we open our hearts and minds and lives to that which you have for us, that we can become more like you, that we can draw into a deeper relationship with you. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, it's interesting. I you know, always find the new year to be an, in, an interesting time of the year. I don't know if any of you are the type of people that make New Year's resolutions. I oftentimes try to make a resolution. I guess I go with the crowd. Uh, you know, some, one year I think I actually made a resolution to make no resolution, so I'm not sure that counted. But, you know, I always find it interesting, these New Year's resolutions, the things that people make and say that they're going to do. There is certainly, you've heard me complain perhaps before about how much I hate the, the club, the, the gym, the YMCA from, oh, say about January 2nd to Valentine's Day or so, as the treadmill seems to become a more difficult thing to uh, find and get on, perhaps directly connected to New Year's resolutions. And I don't know about you, but perhaps you've been in a situation where you've made a resolution, whether a New Year's one or not, and you found just days after that maybe that resolution hasn't lasted. Maybe some of you are already in that boat. You've made a New Year's resolution, and here we are January 5th, and it's out the window. I had a friend and a colleague once say on December 28th, now is the time to make my New Year's resolution, because I know I can keep it for the next three days. I'm not even sure if he was successful. It's a, good, it's a good idea. This year, my New Year's resolution, simple one, take more naps. <laughs> take more naps. So I'm working on that, but uh, it's interesting because I think about this, and our, our readings this morning point us a lot to this idea of resolutions. It's an interesting concept, as I mentioned in children's time. It's a good concept, and it's an important concept, our first reading, which was a mouthful for poor Jane, uh, but she got the names perfect. The, 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 you know, this first reading is a story that probably is or should be familiar to us, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from Daniel chapter 3. It's a story of great faith, of heroism on these, the part of these faithful followers who refused to worship anyone but God refused to bow down when their life was at risk. I think in our heart of hearts, we each hope to have a faith that is that deep, that is that fervent. But I think it's also natural to wonder what we would do in a situation like that. And so they are faced with this situation, and they stand up for their faith, and God rescues them. They had resolved, they had set their minds on the fact that they would not deny their God. They would not deny who God was. And God rose up and protected them and used that moment really to change the king. It's a very interesting story. You see, real resolution requires some risk. Real change, resolving to do anything meaningful, requires risk, but also requires understanding our priorities. If we want something to change, if we want to resolve to do something, much like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there is risk involved, and there is a setting of priorities. 
that so oftentimes our failure to meet our goals in life, whatever they may be, is often an issue of priorities. And nothing great comes to us, I believe, without some level of risk. It's that trust that the Spirit calls us to. That's an important message for us as individuals as we enter this new year. It's an important message to us as a church as well. And then we go on to our second reading. This passage is one that I find especially meaningful. It is a great couple simple verses, two verses that are really worth memorizing because it gives us this notion of what it really means to be changed, what it really means to be transformed. You see, New Year's resolutions perhaps are not so much about because that's what we do or culture, but if we're honest, each of us has maybe a laundry list of things in our lives that we would like to be different, a laundry list of things that we wish would be changed. Perhaps we find that, you know, this morning when I picked out a pair of pants that shrunk since Christmas. And, and so I say to myself, hmm, there's something here that needs to change. Somebody needs to fix shrinking pants. There are always these things that we have in our lives that we so desire to change. But you know, lasting change does not really happen outside of Christ. That the things that are most meaningful, most important to us, we can't really do on our own. If we could do them on our own, they probably would already be done, even for those who have the gift of procrastination. But you know, change in us shouldn't be based on a calendar. It shouldn't. That the call to discipleship, to be a follower of Jesus, is to experience constant transformation, constant change. And we shouldn't have to wait until a calendar strikes or until a holiday passes in order to make the changes in our lives that God calls us to. That's scary at times. But if we see a change that is needed, if the Spirit reveals to us something that needs to be different, we ought to have the courage to trust and to take the risk and set our priorities to make that thing new, to make that transformation, to make that resolution in that moment. But that's the problem with New Year's resolutions. They're not really based on anything other than a calendar. But the goal of discipleship is change, and it requires in us trust. And daily we should reflect on our lives and look at those things that maybe God desires or we desire to be different, and look to Jesus to help us find that transformation, to not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, so often we want to know the will of God. We want to know what God's desire is for a situation. but we're not willing to take the risk or set the priorities or open ourselves up to the transformation that it requires. Trust, which is our one great act, as you've heard me say over and over again, is hard work. It's hard work. But we are to be a people who are constantly transformed. And I'll be honest, as I have before, sometimes I'm really excited about transformation and sometimes I'm not. Yet, 
We all have those things that we would love to be different, that we would love to be made new. And Jesus is all about making things new in our lives. And so we don't have to wait for January 1st or December 28th or whatever day you'd like to pick to make things new. Any resolution that we make for it to be lasting and for it to be meaningful should be rooted in, guided by, sought through Jesus Christ. This call to change and move forward has to be about Jesus, not about us. So whether it's to increase the size of your pants or to get less speeding tickets or to talk less like an angry person in the car or to save money on this or to do that, whatever it might be, if it doesn't start with Christ, if it's not really about true transformation, whether it's January 15th or February 15th that the treadmills become more and more open at the Y, it doesn't last. It's got to be about Jesus for it to be meaningful change. And it requires some risk on our part. The gospel is an interesting lesson. Matthew, it falls in Matthew chapter 5. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but interesting fact of the day. Matthew chapter 5 through 7 is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's, and it appears in, in Luke as well. It's basically Jesus' one true sermon. It's three chapters long. So clearly he wasn't Lutheran in that sense, because it would have been a real long sermon, longer than mine, if you can imagine. This Sermon on the Mount, Jesus preaches on a series of topics, a series of important topics. And this one comes to what he calls oaths or promises or resolutions, if you will. And, you know, I've read this passage a million times, and it is very direct. If you look at it, it is so direct. It is so clear. And he's, he's really challenging the status quo because for the religious leaders and the good people of the day, it was all about the vows and the promises. All that mattered was your commitment to the vows and the promises and whether or not you kept them, that your measure as a human being was based on that. And so Jesus says, listen, when he, say, when he starts a sentence, you have heard it said. Watch out. He's turning something upside down. He says in the Sermon on the Mount here also, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you something different. So he says it here. Again, you've heard it said, do not break your oath. But then he goes on a little further. And this is really interesting because he talks about different type of oaths starting in verse 34, whether it's oath by heaven. In modern day language, I swear to God. It's a brave statement if you really think about it. That's what I said as a kid when I really wanted my parents to believe I was telling them the truth. I don't know if you've been there. But first, that oath to heaven. He says, watch out for that. God's throne. To the earth. And to this worldly, secular way. Watch out. It's a footstool. Or to the government, Jerusalem. Or to yourself. Jesus turns this upside down and says, watch out. Be careful about these oaths, about these promises, about these resolutions. Verse 37, all you need 
to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. These are direct words, strong words. This Sermon on the Mount isn't gentle. It must have been hard for the hearers to hear this. Now, it's interesting as I think about this, as I study it, obviously our words and our actions should match. That when I hear this phrase, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and don't worry about anything else, I think of that verse from Revelation that talks about being hot or cold and not being lukewarm, that whatever is lukewarm, that God literally spits that out, it says. That our words and our actions should align. So oftentimes we go to the extremes. We make a million promises and oaths and commitments and resolutions, and we don't keep them, and our actions don't match. Have you ever been in a situation where, whether you were the, the receiver or the giver, where somebody has promised something over and over and over again and they didn't do it? And not only did you start to not believe them and get frustrated, but you also started to not believe anything else that they say. That in this world, in the kingdom of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, our actions matter. And so often we have so many words, but so little action that matches them. But then we can swing to the other side of the spectrum, of course, and promise to do nothing, make no resolution, make no commitment. We have a huge commitment phobia in our culture. Any kind of commitment. Why? Because commitment's hard. Those of you that are, that are or have been married know what I'm talking about. Commitment is hard. And we are so afraid of commitment in our culture. We want things to be different, but we don't want to commit to them. We want things to be different, but we can't seem to get our actions to line up. We're hoping that that's the time that God comes and just magically make things happen. But the scriptures point to us that this following of Jesus, this transformation of discipleship, this becoming a follower and learning and growing, it's actually work. And we all have places in our lives where we don't like hard work. And, you know, we think about this, and I think about this passage, and, and I wonder why Jesus said this. I know he was trying to challenge the religious people. I know he has these words for us about our commitments and our actions. But maybe, just maybe, Jesus didn't want things to be about our promises and our resolutions, but rather wanted us focused on him that maybe Jesus recognized and understood and knew that we would need to know over and over again that nothing really changes without God. Nothing really can be made new and lasting, at least things that are meaningful, without the help of God. That we weren't meant to do this alone. We weren't meant to live this life and can't have this abundant life alone, without Jesus, without one another. That is part of the point of the church. You see, any resolution that we make, whether a personal goal or not, should mean something. It should be something that we commit ourselves to. It should be something that has lasting value for us. But for it to really be meaningful, it should be something that's of God. Now, I would argue that so many times when I think about this passage, 
Jesus is challenging us to make sure our words and actions line up. Jesus is challenging us to avoid promises that we can't keep. But I think more importantly, Jesus is pointing us to the greater truth, that really only one resolution is needed. Whether you want to make it at New Year's, or whether you need to make it daily, or hourly, or weekly, or whatever it might be, that really the only resolution we need is to be followers of Jesus. To look to Jesus, to trust the Spirit, to look at the kingdom of God and become more like Christ has created us and called us to be. That real transformation, lasting transformation, only happens through and with the power of the God of the universe. The stuff that really matters, we can't do that on our own. We weren't meant to do it on our own. And so when I think about New Year's and think about another turn of the calendar and think about this sermon that Jesus has for us, it reminds me that if anything that I need to resolve is not to take more naps, although I'm going to try. But maybe the change of the calendar can be just another reminder that I need to be more and more like Jesus Christ that I need to trust the Spirit more and more, that I need to seek the kingdom of God more and more, that the only resolution that matters is following Jesus, giving ourselves to Jesus, allowing Jesus to help us become the people that we were created to be. So whatever the goal, whatever the need, whatever it is that we want to be different, whatever it is that we want to make new, is it about Jesus? Are we looking to Jesus? You see, real meaningful resolution, real and meaningful change, which we're called to be changed as disciples. We're called to transformation. It requires risk. It requires knowing our priorities. It must be all about Christ. It must be rooted in, strengthened by, guided by Jesus Christ. And it must be focused on that same Jesus in order for it to be lasting and for it to be meaningful. Real resolution only comes through Jesus. And so my hope and prayer for myself, for my family, for our church in this new year is simple. That we would become more like Jesus. That I would become more like Jesus. That we would be people that are more about and more like the kingdom of God and that we would be open to whatever God has for us, and that the change and the transformation we seek and experience would be the stuff that the God of the universe has for us. It's going to be a great year, and I'm excited, because I know who's in charge. And so again, my hope and prayer is that we, that I, can keep sight of that which matters. Focus on Jesus and what he's calling us to do and to be. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this new year, for the many years that have come and the many years that will come. And God, we thank you that you desire to create change and transformation in each one of us, to make all things new. Lord, whatever it is in our lives this day, this year, that we want to be new, we hand it over to you. We trust you with it. 
Guide us, Lord, in our goals and our hopes and our dreams as individuals, as families, and as a church. Lord, help us to be willing to take risk, to trust you, to know our priorities, to make everything that we say and do and are about you, Jesus. Give us the power and the guidance to be and experience all that you have for us in 2014 and beyond. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.